Bandginama Wahi Guruji Kakalsa Wahi Guruji Kifate. Welcome to Solitary Confinement in a Digital Age, March the 6th, 2021. I've just completed a brief yoga routine and recited to myself some qualities and taken a little bit of time to sit in my front room and just let my mind unfurl. I learned yesterday that my front room in this house was also a previous occupant's favorite room of the house, Gertrude Thurber, who is associated, whose name is associated with this house, who is buried in the Pleasant Hill Cemetery that I walk through, who, whose grave I took a candy cane to, um, I think two Christmases ago now. One Christmas, maybe it was this, it wasn't this Christmas. Um, three Christmases ago, it was. That was her room, and I feel the spiritual sense in that room, and I've never allowed alcohol in that room, and now I don't allow it in my body, and I'm treating my body like that room. And the had a turbulent time, and I believe that part of it was, part of my turbulence of the last 24 hours was that I did not, yesterday, I actually strayed from the path of the superior person in that I did not, I kind of let myself down in my vows and that there's no kind of really, I, uh, I didn't complete the yoga. I was the, uh, the computer phone rang just towards the end when I was doing my yoga and reciting my qualities. I went and answered it and I didn't do my qualities, didn't complete the yoga and thereby I did not, um, abide by the limitations that I'd set upon myself within which I experienced complete freedom and thereby I did not experience freedom and I I woke I've had some frustrations and it occurred to me today that, that this couch cast today I think it's more of a couch cast maybe when I'm sitting it's a couch cast today this couch cast solitary confinement in a digital age I thought I started thinking that the theme should be um, The theme should be that sometimes we feel so much joy that we, we forget. Sometimes we have these moments of great joy in which we forget that we are also experiencing great pain at the moment. And we go so far into the joy, we let it consume us for a little while. It, it's an elation. It's almost an elation of joy. And then when the elation level, like, you know, nothing can last that, that such intense. When that intensity sort of departs um we had forgotten that we were in pain we had forgotten that we were in a process of managing pain of various forms and then that pain just strikes us all anew because it almost catches us off guard so i that's how i thought i would begin this this couch cast and actually i'd forgotten that i needed to do it I, my mind was so spinning today i'd forgotten my all my pledge to do the couch cast and, and that's, 
I think it is a couch cast. That's what it is. That's just the solitary confinement digital agent. Even forgetting that, I don't know how I've forgotten that. I had my head spinning. And I was so grateful that at first it was felt like a chore. Oh, I got to do that. But now I'm like, no, that's what I want to do. I want to do this couch cast. And started on the theme that sometimes we feel so much joy, we forget that we're in pain. And then when the, the level of joy decreases, the pain that we've forgotten is still there. <laughs> it bites us. Anyway. But then I went to my, my well, I was sitting in the chair and I've been talking about Bandhuginama. That's the words I started this, this, pod, this couch cast off, this podcast off. It's the same thing. I started with Bandhuginama, Wahe Guruji, Kakalsa, Wahe Guruji, Kifate, Wahe, Wahe Guruji. Wahiguruji is according to the Sikhs. Wahiguruji, as that is what they say, that is what they use for the name of God. Other people have other names for gods, and that depends on a lot of cultural linguistic things. And Jehovah God is another valid name for God, and it's a hundred percent true. Wahiguruji, there can be hundred percent. Our minds are used to looking at things, but there can be so many, there can be an infinite number of things that are 100% true. And these are different things. And that's the, one of the riddles of existence. But I picked up this book and I, I've, I, this book always heals me. It always heals me. I'm wondering if I should read what I just read or if I should just do a whole fresh one. But I think like, I think it relates to what I read relates. You know, I'm going to read what I what I, what I read, it says, through egoism, let me see, where should I put it? Let's go ego, I'll put, I'll read from the beginning of the, the headline. It's called ego or putting the self foremost. To put the self foremost is a chronic malady, but its cure lies within. By his grace, if you meditate on the divine name, and are in union with him, you shed the malady. And so the Sikhs have a practice called Simran, which is where they to themselves constantly are repeating Waheguruji, the Lord's name to them. Waheguruji, Waheguruji. They just say it again and again. That's called Simran. And then they say it internally and they believe that, that that's a purification routine. That's just something I've never personally put it into practice for too long myself. Another faith might say Jehovah God. Jehovah God, Jehovah, Jehovah. They wouldn't they would say Jehovah. But that's another interesting, that's called Simran, that practice. And anyway, um, by his grace, if you meditate on the divine name and are in union with him, you shed the malady. As the guru says, the gravest malady from which mankind suffers is egoism. The malady of egoism is ingrained. It separates man and sets up walls between ourselves and the rest of mankind. This vice impels us to spend our whole life and to use all our resources and all our intelligence to acquire wealth and property, honor and fame. It does not strive for wealth, fame, popularity or possessions. Interesting. Lust, anger, avarice, infatuation and pride are all creations of selfishness. When we are frustrated and thwarted in the acquisition of something that we have set our heart upon, 
we feel pained and humiliated. To gain our ends, we devise diverse ways and means. We resort to oppression, deceit, and injustice to achieve our ends. Egoism separates man from God. Through this vice, man goes astray and suffers for it and earns death as the wages of sin. But for man, but for it, man would be supremely happy. The veil of self-importance hangs between man, the bridegroom, and God, the bride. Oh, and then there's a, a, a line from Ramdas, Guru Ramdas, who's I think the fourth Sikh guru, or the sixth maybe. The bridegroom and the bride dwell together. The bridegroom, God, the bride, soul. The bridegroom, God, and the bride, soul, dwell together, and between them rises the high wall of egoism. The perfect master demolishes the wall. Then alone, saith Nanak, the soul uniteth with God. Through egoism, we lose our divine vision, and we create a cribbed, cabined world of our own on account of our limited human vision. Each one of us creates a world in accordance with our own limited human vision. The world appears to us according to our own viewpoint. Egoism debars us from the divine vision. There is the divine spark in man, and, consequently, even the vast worlds woven by him cannot satisfy his desires. Few are content with the realization of their desires, says Guru Arjan Dev Ji, the fifth guru in Pujan, my favorite guru, Guru Arjan Dev. Though you're not supposed to have favorite gurus. And how can desires be satiated? The erring man seeks infinite bliss and perfect peace in the achievement of his objectives in this finite world of matter. This he cannot have, nor does his quest for peace and joy end. His self-interest grows and thereby intensifies his mental torture. The sinner knows not the bliss of tasting nectar. There is the thorn of self within. As he walks, it pricks and he suffers. The Miramidans, the Miramidans of death strike him on the head. That's from Guru Ramdas. The Guru Granth, which is the sixth, twelfth, the eleventh Guru and the Holy One. Eleventh Guru? Twelfth Guru? The Guru Granth equates ego with pain, disease, agony, fretful fever, thirst, poison, illusion, veil, mist, etc. However, scriptures affirm that the cure for the malady lies within. Self-centeredness is a chronic malady, but its cure lies within. By his grace, you meditate on the divine name and are in union with him. You shed the malady. What is the cure within us? Careful reflection reveals the truth of the dictum. Fever is a symptom of toxins or poison. I love this part. This part about fever. What is the cure within us? Careful reflection reveals the truth of the dictum. Fever is a symptom of toxins or poisons in the system. Thus, it is a disease, but fever is, at the same time, a natural means of burning up this poison. That is how I feel. I feel like I've been I've come under a fever, and the fever is both the disease and the disease consuming itself. I'm hoping that's what's going on. Thus viewed, it is a remedy, a cure. Similarity, on the one side, egoism is indicative of our wrong angle of vision, but on the other, due to this malady, we suffer terribly and have to pass through a multitude of entanglements, trials, and tribulations till our eyes open, till the scales fall away and we turn to the path of devotion 
and seek salvation in life. Self-importance embitters our life. Now and then we begin to reflect, oh, what have I done? This is followed by repentance, a sense of self-surrender and renunciation, tiag. Finally, when we are again in harmony with our original self, we find that whereas on the one hand, self-awareness is a source of terrible pain, it is on the other, a savior, instrumental in saving us from those pains. The penalty of suffering which directs, directs our steps on the right path cannot possibly be bad. Thus, awareness of self is both the malady and the cure. It is a mirror wherein the soul sees its sad, grief-stricken, despondent visage. As it watches itself, there is bred in it contempt for its painful, pitiable plight, and it has a glimpse of its original, lustrous, bright self. Then the reflection dawns, oh, I was a heavenly essence, but through error and delusion, I am full of fear, pain, and destitution. <sighs> Egoism has been called a chronic ailment. It cannot be shed easily or quickly. The Guru's word tells us of several remedies for it. Simran, that's the one I was mentioning about repeating God's name. Simran is to this vice the antidote. It brings the soul nearer God and, in consequence, divine attributes begin to flow into us and the human weaknesses are gradually shed. Or we may put it like this, the human viewpoint changes and develops into the divine angle of vision, which is the end and aim of religion. By this change of viewpoint, we are turned into angels. That is what I must be trying to do here through this podcast. I must not lose sight on the fact that I'm trying to self-better myself. I'm going to strive to become like an angel. And I'm going to continue to commit to that path. And I've strayed from the path of the superior person I did yesterday. It's carrying through to today. But I'm getting back on that path. And I'm going to try to exude all of the characters at once. Overlooks the mistakes of others. Greatness of spirit. Every one of them. I failed on all of them over the past 48 hours. And that's a good thing to know. That's a good thing to know. Bandiginama. Wahe Guruji Kakausa, Wahe Guruji Kifate, Wahe Guruji. I'm going to try that to me. Everyone has their own name for God, and that can be their personal name. And what God means, I don't, I'm not here to say. And I don't, for now, I don't know. The seagull is still sitting on the telephone pole. I'm reading The Seagull by Chekhov, and it's bringing me comfort. This will be a 15-minute couch cast today. I love you. I believe in you. Goodbye.